Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And today we're putting the bunny back in the box. It's Con Air. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how you doing today? You excited to talk about some con air? I suppose I have to be. Yeah. <laughs> what a thrill. What a cinematic achievement. You, you you thought you may be getting to watch Princess Bride, Beetlejuice, films you love. I guess I guess I didn't make you watch Iron Man, but uh we're really testing the limits of uh what what you will put up with what for this podcast. I did <laughs> Con Air is an action film directed by Simon West and written by Scott Rosenberg, originally released on June 6th, 1997. Amy Jo, what is your experience with Con Air? Have you seen it before? Yes. Uh, The first time I saw any of it was in high school where I took a nap on the couch while my high school boyfriend watched it. So was it just the two of you? Was he, was he like, you got to so. check out, you got, babe, you got to check out this movie? Kind of. Well, I don't know. Uh, we, like, I watched, like, all of the Bond films with him. Okay. Like, okay. this kind of thing. It was a lot of... How many of the Bond films did you nap through as well? I watched most of them. Okay. This because, is a... like, like, like many women, I put up with a lot because I thought I had to, you know? I, I fully understand. I uh, am guilty of many, many a time in my high school years of being like, oh, no, you have to watch this movie. This movie is uh, going to change your life. And uh... Yeah, I don't know that he had seen it. We definitely watched it on TV. Okay. Oh. Um, and I was like, cool. So I remember very yeah. little other than Well, you were also napping planes. during it. Well, yeah. Well, well you do remember the planes. <laughs> so yeah. you, oh, now you said air. TV. Was this a TV edit? Was this like you were watching this on- No, <laughs> I don't have that information for you. This was the late 90s. How am I yeah. supposed to recall? I mentioned that because this feels like a very difficult movie to make a TV edit for. So true, of the so violence, true. the language. Um, yeah, I had not seen this film until like- with you, like right. Four well, or five and then I watched ago. it again right, with you, right, right, right. Because this one, I, I was I loved Face Off and I loved The Rock. Those two were the ones that I always saw on TV in terms of like the Nick Cage '90s action movie trio, um, the Triumvirate. What, what, uh, what a trio! What a trio! And which forever changed how Nick Cage saw himself, and now he's like, now I'm just an action star. Um, but yeah, I had never seen it before. This one always like was never on my radar. Um, so I wonder if I would have enjoyed it more if I'd seen it in, in high school, uh, cause I think it is fine, but it is what a dumb, dumb, dummy of a film. Yeah, fine's generous. Uh, fine is generous. <laughs> it, it passes the time. Um, now spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Con Air or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief ish synopsis. Cameron Poe, an honorably discharged army ranger, is found guilty of manslaughter after defending his pregnant wife from a group of drunk bar customers and is sentenced to prison. Hold, please. Okay. <laughs> so much. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yes. Pregnant wife. Yes. She is not. Yes, this is uh, Monica Potter, who who looks... The timeline of this is very strange because he gets back on a tug... From like... Is he, is he on leave? Either no. way, he's on a tugboat that drops him off like right outside the bar that his supposedly pregnant wife works in. But she 
she is still she is, Hollywood skinny. She's so which, like, thin. look, I, which, I I know a number of people who maintain incredible sure. physical fitness standards right. while they're pregnant, but they like show her from the side. She later in the film they do because I was curious. I looked this up. He he because he later says in the film that uh, and then I went to jail and three months later. My baby daughter was born, which means that she is supposed to be about six months pregnant. Which is when just she truly looks like impossible. she's rocking a six pack. So totally. <laughs> and what, you some- yeah. Also, like I don't know, like if we're looking at like how how movies and TV really speed up the judicial mm-hmm. timeline, like mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't even have been to trial by the time she had that kid. But if we're taking it at face value of the way that they're trying to present yeah. the timeline, then yeah, she's six months pregnant, and I gotta say, no, she is right. not. Or or is like has he. Yeah, how long has he been away There's for? So There's... Many, I'm not good at math, but this raises questions even I like right. have I, problems. Well, with. I'm pretty sure the answer we've come to is that it's not his kid. Um <laughs> Hmm, hmm, hmm. That I, I was just thinking it was more really sloppy filmmaking, but sure. Oh no, it's all it's all it all gets spelled out in the in the sequel. Oh. Connor Air. More cons, more air. Con error? Error like E R R O R. Absolutely. Eight years later, he is paroled and boards The Jailbird, a prison transport flight to Alabama alongside his diabetic cellmate and friend, Mike Baby-O Odell. The flight is overseen by U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin, who is convinced by DEA agent Duncan Malloy to put an undercover agent on the flight to get information from a drug lord. A number of the inmates are- which one was the drug lord? Well, it's str- okay. Plot point that I like I know existed, but I'm like, I right, couldn't right, right. tell you who I, was supposed to be. Am... Okay, so real real talk. I'm I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to get through the synopsis as quickly as possible because so there's some sorry, people to talk to. So it's sorry. okay. This but this movie has so many like subplots that I've for this the purpose of the synopsis, I'm cutting out most of them. So I didn't even really mention him. He's the guy he doesn't even get on the plane until later. He's the one that like double crosses John Malkovich. He's the one that goes sigh and John Malkovich goes Anara. Oh. And he's him. the one that gets lit up. He's yes, the yes, guy yes. that he's the one because it's his cartel is the one like we're providing the plane. Got but, it. But yes, yeah, so this DA agent, DEA agent, agent, yeah, is supposed to get information from him, but he spoilers gets found out and killed before we even get the drug lord that he's supposed to be interrogating. It doesn't That's confusing. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. You know what? My pleasure. A number of the inmates are being transferred to a new Supermax prison, including Billy Bedlam, Diamond Dog Jones, and criminal mastermind Cyrus the Virus Grissom. After taking off, inmate Pinball incites a riot as a distraction, releasing Cyrus and Diamond Dog, who lead the takeover of the plane. Poe pretends to be a more hardened criminal and ingratiates himself with Cyrus, and the hijacking inmates plot to land at Carson Airport as scheduled to pick up prisoners, including the drug lord, uh, and transfer off the guards, now bound and disguised as prisoners, and then fly to a non-extradition country. The undercover DA agent then tries to take control of the plan, and Cyrus kills him, and Nick Cage gives him, like, the weirdest, like, ah, my guy, you done goofed. Well, he done goofed. He he did done goof. The plane arrives at Carson City as scheduled, and the inmate exchange commences with Poe planting a tape recorder on one of the guards in order to alert the authorities, which then immediately gets broken and doesn't do anything. Meanwhile, Pinball disposes of the plane's transponder to keep it from being detected and tries but fails to make it back to the hijacked plane through the landing gear. Poe learns the inmates plan to land at an abandoned airstrip in the desert and transfer onto another plane 
owned by the cartel for a movie called Con Air. There's too many times in this film where this plane is not in the air. You can't land this plane that many times. The bus Con is- land. <laughs> Con land. Poe finds Pinball's corpse trapped in the landing gear, writes a message to the U.S. Marshals on his shirt, and tosses him out of the plane. And he goes splat in such a way that I cannot imagine that message is at all legible, but somehow... It is! Yes, Vince Larkin learns of the news and heads out to the airstrip after contacting the National Guard. Also, Vince Larkin is everywhere. He somehow everywhere. Well, I mean, also he's not on a plane. He's not. He's in a car and somehow catches up with the plane. The the, the like geography of this movie is absolutely bananas. Uh, Larkin learns the news heads out. Uh, Billy Bedlam discovers Poe's identity when he reads his parole letter and learns he's oh you were already out. You're not this hardened criminal. What are you doing? And also finds a toy bunny Poe intends to give to his baby daughter. And this leads to a scuffle which forces Poe to kill Billy Bedlam. The jailbird is grounded at the airstrip with no sign of the transfer aircraft as they've been double-crossed. Poe leaves to find Baby O a syringe to give him his insulin, meets Larkin, and informs him of the situation. As the National Guardsmen arrive, the inmates launch an assault, but Larkin defends the surviving troops using a bulldozer as a makeshift shield, and the surviving inmates flee back into the jailbird and take flight. Almost near the end, I swear. <laughs> Poe's identity is revealed when Bedford's body is found. Cyrus is about to execute him and Baby O when Larkin and Malloy arrive and attack helicopters, damaging the jailbird's fuel tank, forcing the plane to land on the Las Vegas Strip. Because of course. <laughs> I mean, if, for your climax of the movie, it's like it is much more interesting than if they did just land in the well, airport. of course. Uh, the remaining criminals, led by Cyrus and Diamond Dog, escape on a fire truck pursued by Poe and Larkin on police motorcycles. The chase leads to the death of the escapees. The rest of the other convicts are quickly reapprehended, and Poe's wife arrives with her daughter, who he finally meets in person and gives her the toy rabbit he bought for her, which looks disgusting. It has been it has in been in the sewage. Drain. It is. He finds it like rolling up in hopefully mainly just water it's like the the ending there where i get that he's been traumatized by mm-hmm. this experience sure. where he's like oh let me wipe off this bunny and give it to this is a better accent i'm just gonna wipe it off on my, on my dirty sweater tank top. but like that these are the actions of a man who has been on a five-day bender who doesn't realize that oh this bunny i should never give to my daughter i've never met this is a move that cage's character in leaving las vegas would do as he's drinking himself to death is like oh no i'm too drunk to realize that maybe Maybe this disgusting bunny is not the best introduction to my daughter like, I've never let met. Let it be a symbol for all you've been through and just let it go down the train and start anew. The casting directors of Con Air were Victoria Thomas, Matthew Barry, and Gene McCarthy. Thomas has cast such films as Django Unchained, Hidden Figures, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and is an Emmy nominee for her work casting the 2016 adaptation of Roots. Barry has cast such films as Rush Hour 1 and 2, Shanghai Noon, and The Notebook, and McCarthy has cast films including Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Anchorman, and Foxcatcher, and is an Emmy winner for her work on American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Now, let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned, some may have just been discussed by casting, and there are a lot of people I found supposedly considered, so some may just be conjecture. This is all subjective, we're just having fun. Uh, so starting off with Cameron Poe. Real quick, Amy, thoughts on Nicolas Cage? And if you had to cast someone else, who would you cast? And that can be removed from time. So it could be someone from 1997, someone from today, or someone from the 1950s or whatever. Great. Yeah. Look. I know it's hard to put into words how much you love Cage in this role. 
So much, so much, starting with the accent. I should mention to people at home, Amy Jo, along with being an amazing actor, singer, cabarettist, glitter alien, is also a dialect coach. So please speak to us yes. uh, on his Alabama. And I will say he traveled to Alabama to perfect his accent. Oh, that's what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> look, here's the thing. I am not an expert. I am not uh, someone who was like that brilliant at accents. I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I work with actors on accents, part of the idea is you want it to help enhance what you're doing without drawing attention to itself in a really self-conscious way. And sometimes some accents are just going to be, are going to draw attention to themselves. This is not one that has to do that. He sounds like he's doing a cartoon character take on it. It's a bit of a foghorn leghorn. It is. It sounds, it makes me completely (laughs) unable to take him seriously. And it doesn't also fit with, this is a thing that I as an actor am, am guilty of and that I try to work with actors on is like, Knowing what you're bringing to the table, what do you look like? Like, what what do you already convey? And and how do I, like, shape what I'm creating with what I've already got going on? Um, no. And he, it just doesn't sit well on him. I don't <laughs> buy it on him for a number of reasons. So I'm, there are so many people I would rather <laughs> have in this room with Nicolas Cage. But at the same time, he does it very earnestly. And for that, I got to say fine good that that is the thing we're watching it is like oh this does feel very uncaged in many ways because he doesn't have any kind of like cage cage freakouts or cage no, like, rage there's no cage rage compared this, to face off sure. and even like the you don't you've not seen the rock yes correct but he and that because he's like more of um like sean connery is like the badass and he's kind of like the nerdy fbi guy that has to tag along and wind up becoming more of an action hero mm-hmm. so he's still the nerd but he still has, has like his cage isms, whereas this feels like so much more reserved and cool guy. So I do want to mention that um, Cage said that Cameron Poe was a fantasy for him growing up as a skinny kid in Long Beach, California, reading Incredible Hulk comics, who wanted to not be bullied. And Cameron Poe was his fantasy of who he would have liked to have been at that age. Quote, I was kind of creating a character that was like the uber version of myself if I was a Southern badass. And he also is his idea to make him southern a southerner oh, as of course he was. said well he said quote they have a strong sense of chivalry when it comes to women uh which like you know other other people can as well and should cage Look, but I, I grew up in texas which mm-hmm. is the southwest yes that is a myth that's an <laughs> idea and to that i say i roll my eyes heartily to you right so hit um, us with it who would you if you had to cast someone else okay so or, or got to cast i should say right so you and i had this uh a conversation about this um off mic before mm-hmm. like before we rewatched and then after we rewatching of watching the events unfold like it is a little ridiculous that that he gets um well the the whole situation that he's in where he is defending his wife i don't know and he, yes he does actually like kill this person but the, the 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 reason that the judge gives for putting him away for however long is that his body is a weapon his body's a lethal weapon because he's too well army trained right. so he can't be trusted so he's getting like sure, the maximum to which i think we said when we watched it last mm-hmm. night i was like funny that doesn't work that way for the cops but well, sure um but anyway um but we were talking about like, well, now how much more interesting would this film be if the lead was a black man who had been, if you can wrongfully convicted or not, who was perhaps punished more than the crime merited um, and how that could actually, even though it's a really stupid movie with a lot of plot holes, it becomes instantly more 
interesting. I do agree. I I can easily see because we'll get to it, but all the actors considered for Cameron were white, uh, and I can very easily see executives being like, "Well, we don't want to draw attention to that. We don't want to make this what a commentary on anything because we want you to have mindless fun." And not take that risk, which is a much more interesting movie. It's much more interesting. Well, they mention uh, the first person that sprang to mind because they actually mention him in the the text of the screenplay is Denzel Washington. I forget how they mention. Oh, oh yes, uh, Ving Rhames, who plays Diamond Dog, is mentioned as a uh, that he is oh, right. his story is being turned into a movie, and they're looking at Denzel Washington to play him in the film of his life story. Right. So I just thought. It would just make it at least a slightly more interesting story. So, like, Denzel is, like, a very obvious choice for the late 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, they they say his name in the script. Um, I was also thinking, what was I thinking? Um, like, if this were made today and they were going to go with more that point of view, like, Sterling K. Brown is someone who I am instantly, like, on his side. Sure. Someone who I would believe yeah. was, like defending his wife and like wrongfully convicted and yet who would be put in these impossible circumstances but would would go through all of these things and you buy as i very easily buy as an action star because he hasn't gotten to do much action films like light lightly action oriented and stuff like hotel artemis and the predator Mm -hmm. but he is as we've seen on american crime story uh a jacked buff buff human being buff um and in terms of being like an army ranger that you're like, absolutely, totally, I could. Also, he's just so good at acting, you know? He really he, is. I just think he would bring something really, really beautiful to it. Sure. That we missed with Cage. Yeah. I mean, if you'd wanted someone that was younger, which I mean, Sterling K. Brown is probably the right age. Denzel might have been a little too old, even in 97. But like made today, I could also see like a John Boyega would be like, oh, really cool. Yes. Because I was thinking oh, so at good. the time. Uh, I mean, also modern day, I could see if you wanted to be this still be white cowboyish type. I think Timothy Elephant would be really interesting. But at the time, 97, I can't believe they did not consider this person. Wesley Snipes is who I want to see He's starring in this. He's on my list, He's too. on your list, too. Amazing. Yeah. Because he is like, this is the year before Blade. Um, and he's he already did Passenger 51. I I'm butchering the title. He already, he had his, a plane action movie. So I could see him being like, I already did my plane movie. That's one, I'm one and done with my plane movies. Um, but he is a, also just an actual martial artist, like action star that can actually do fighting. Unlike I also Mm -hmm. looking ahead, have him on my list for Cyrus, the virus. Also, as a very I'm, potential, yes, interesting, true. like very '90s choice. Um, as for as for other options that are not strictly mm-hmm. speaking, like just having a, a black man in the lead, I thought like in the '90s. I mean, I don't know how much I'm really invested in this, but like Keanu might have been an interesting choice. Totally, Keanu, someone who I believe is like an action star who also has softness to him. Yeah, that you need for this part. And then this is you were probably not going to know who this person is at all, but like mm-hmm. there's this Bollywood action star who's like one okay. of the most famous indian actors named Rukh khan and i was like oh i would love to see that because he is incredible and uh i don't know i would i think this movie as a bollywood film would be very uh, interesting i would love to see the bollywood version of con air a it'd be four hours long well b- it's already pretty <laughs> pretty lengthy um, but but in terms of like you've got so many, you've got too many subplots in this film and that would like actually give great time the, yes. to them because there's too many like I didn't even mention I didn't even mention in the synopsis Garland Green who we'll oh. get to with Steve Buscemi um, but you'd also have um, musical numbers which this which movie I is think actually would make lacking. this movie make a little more dearly lacking <laughs> I think it would make the movie make more sense somehow totally um, yeah and I even thought this is another very 90s choice um, Emilio Estevez 
Sure. Yeah. You want. Yeah. If you have someone that's like a little on the scrawnier side that he can still get like, yeah. oh, I'm, a, I'm a, I've got my mini muscles, but he's someone that you're like, oh, you're not. The, it's an more uber interesting action to me star. Than Cage. We'll, we'll get into the people that were considered because it's a mix of very like action action stars and then movie stars. Mm. So the first person up for Cameron Poe, Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? I, 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 I long for you to bring me a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is not considered for a part. He was considered for Princess Bride and uh, Beetlejuice of the movies we've done so far. He was not considered for Iron Man. But I'm sure thankfully. someone somewhere thought the maybe. Suit, the suit is not big enough. You need to make the Iron Man no, too big would, to enough to fit my body. No, but he would be playing Obadiah oh my God. Oh, Look, oh, your father Obadiah wanted... Obadiah <laughs> Stain. Stain. What a stain. Uh, uh, yes, but now, because he was not cast in Con Air, it did free Arnold Schwarzenegger up to instead make 1997's Batman and Robin as Mr. Freeze. So that really would have been a better choice if he had done Con Air opposed to Mr. Freeze because what an embarrassment. I think uh, Ice to meet you. We all won basically. <laughs> yeah. Up next, Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> which is hilarious. I actually can see that. I can see that well, you know, I, I would watch it. I know why you can see that is because once Cage takes off his outer shirt and is just in his jeans and his tank top same and his hair. long hair, he looks exactly like Jean-Claude Van Damme at the end of Hard Target. It's that the stringy same mullet. Greasy, it's like what my hair mullet. is growing out into in <laughs> quarantines. <laughs> Um, and now instead, in 1997, Jean-Claude Van Damme made the movie Double Team with Dennis Rodman. Uh, so once again, this would have been a... I, if he had done Con Air and it was able to be the success yeah. it was, this would have like helped boost his career because he was starting to go For on sure. the like downturn. Steven Seagal, which is just boring. A boring, sleepy old Steven Seagal. Dolph Lundgren, which is... <laughs> like He wasn't really leading big movies, not of this caliber, uh, which is interesting to imagine also interesting to imagine any of these people having to be from alabama which i know that that's what that was cage's idea but i'm jean-claude uh, from uh, i'm from alabama i'm from alabama my baby daughter uh <laughs> sylvester stallone of course was considered uh and instead in 1997 he had copland and some movie called the good life which starred frank stallone and because of a lawsuit was never released yikes uh, it is also with so many of these actors, it's, which I don't think he does a great job at, but Cage, the whole subplot with the daughter, that's not just, I'm, I need to get out to see my wife, it's I need to get out to see the baby daughter, the daughter, my, daughter. my baby daughter I've never seen, who I want to start. I refuse to let her visit me with. in jail, so I'll be a complete stranger. Right? And most of these, like Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, I can't imagine Steven Seagal being like, yeah, gotta get out to see my, my baby daughter. More importantly, I gotta get out to uh, bang my wife, put another baby daughter in her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, our uh, movie star options. Uh, Bruce Willis was considered. Sure, of course he was. Which I can see that. I can see that. I'm not like livid about it, but I'm not any more excited about that than I am about Nick Cage. It's not. I mean, that's like if if he did that instead of Die Hard. It's like that in 87, Bruce Willis. Sure. sure. But but it's right in 97. You're like. It's like he's already got the best version of the thing. He's already done it. Exactly. He already did. Yeah. You're doing Die Hard in a plane. He's done more or less. Like how many of them at this point? Five? Um, um, Probably. Six? Um, Right. Oh, of of the specifically the Die Hard movies. Oh, I see. I see. I thought you meant all the Die Hard. Because everyone was making a Die Hard knockoff where it's like, it's Die Hard in a hockey rink. It's Die Hard on a train. It's Die Hard in an amusement park. Um. All real movies. Uh, no, he's been uh, five. There's been five Die Hard mm. movies. And they've been trying to do a Die Hard year one where it would half be Bruce Willis today and then half a prequel about him in his young days where they could then be like, let's pass the mantle over to mm. uh, 
someone that actually wants to still be making these movies. Uh, Tom Cruise. I of course. Considered. As soon as you said like movie stars, I was like Tom Cruise was considered for this. I know, which it's, it just bores me. And the the year before, he had Mission Impossible and Jerry Maguire, so it was like he was one of the biggest stars on the planet. Yeah, but I I think uh, he makes more sense in Mission Impossible than he does in this film. I agree. I totally agree. I I do see that he does always have that like no matter what, like I'm doing this mission, even though it doesn't make sense. I am it's just... going to go for what justice means to me. I can't get off the plane, even though I had the chance to, because my baby O needs his insulin. It doesn't matter that I might get myself killed before I meet my daughter. I've got to be the action star, which is a very Tom Cruise trope. Yeah, but Cage does, I will say, actually have those like, <laughs> and this is probably more a reflection of Cage, those like deeply sad eyes where you're like, what? What has happened? He's really giving you those, you, like, yeah, he's really giving you those sad eyes. You know, which which works really well in this film. It does, it does. Uh, and, uh, it makes you, I don't know if it forgive a lot is what I would say, but it makes no. you buy, it, it buys him more credibility, I think, than someone like Tom Cruise who's so energetically forward. Eh. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Johnny Depp. I, I mean, and I like Johnny Depp. I, I don't know. I don't feel like we get anything more exciting other than slightly better acting. Yeah, I mean, you know. Don't like Johnny Depp as a person. And better hair. Anymore. Well, absolutely. <laughs> After going back to, heard. of course, going back to 97 of what we knew about him, it is like you're getting a more like an actor. I feel like, yeah, like they would try, but not until Pirates of the Caribbean do you ever do like a, that I can think of like a real like action, action no. movie. And that's still such a very different type of action movie for him to finally commit to and then do a bajillion films of. Yeah, he was much more art housey kind of. When was totally. Chocolat? Uh, 2000 or 2001, 2000. I want to say. Yeah, that's more like what I think of like when he graduated from like teen heartthrob to like, yeah. now I'm now I'm an adult heartthrob. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, you guessed correctly, Keanu Reeves was considered. Oh, well, I love when I get one correct. <laughs> but if he had done Con Air, he might not have been free to film The Devil's Advocate. Which... Oh, one of our least favorite favorites. <laughs> Another terrible Southern it's... accent. Oh, it's... Oh, baby. Trade in one Southern accent. Oh, oh baby. My so baby daughter. I <laughs> had completely forgotten about his horrendous foray into the Floridian. Although, uh -huh. I don't know if we can call it that. That's where he ostensibly is from. Supposedly. Yikes. Supposedly. Um, but yeah, I, I like Keanu Reeves as the idea of camera because thinking of speed, it is the thing where it's like it plays to a strong suit where it is just like so straightforward. There's nothing else going on. But like you buy the the dumb choices this character makes to keep putting himself in danger because you're like, oh, Keanu Reeves, you just don't know any better. You're just like, ah, I'm just yeah. gonna do, I'm just gonna do this thing and I'm gonna be like a good army ranger and that's my thing. That's that's true. I think that that's partially why that that makes a little more sense yeah. in my head. Uh, Kurt Russell. Which like that's sure I, yeah. he's a little I think he's I think he's yeah he's old definitely older than a cage I feel like he's a little too old for the role like you I don't know I it's a very different movie to me to have someone that's like in their very much in their forties opposed to Cage yeah. who is like in his thirties but just looks like a hard lived right fifty year old right. in ninety seven yeah yeah I don't have anything uh, fabulous to add other than. Yeah, you have to. You don't necessarily have to change anything about the daughter, but he is also right. then like an older man with a younger woman. Again, it's like it just shifts the dynamics of what you're thinking of with this. What, yeah, what that tells new, you about to have this a person. newborn or at that point like seven year old daughter yeah. is very different. Uh, and finally, Brad Pitt was considered. 
sure, I don't really care. You yeah. know, none of these people would go, ooh, right. that would have fixed this horrible movie. <laughs> well, I it might not be a get the right actor and that'll fix the film type of deal. I think there might be a few <laughs> things uh, that are a few loose threads hanging around. Um, but speaking of terrible accents with uh, Keanu and Cage, uh, instead in 1997, Brad Pitt made The Devil's Own with an Irish accent that Time Magazine called too hammy to be believable and seven years in Tibet, where Empire Magazine called his Austrian accent third in the list of all-time worst movie accents. And they still let him do Snatch, you know? Well, with Snatch, the, the point is that you can't understand a thing he says. Because the thing was, Guy Ritchie wanted him for uh, the Jason Statham role in Snatch. Ah. Um, but he can't do a British accent. So then he was like, well, maybe you'll play this guy who the whole point is that we can't understand a single thing you say and you'll just like slur all your words. I and... know for a fact <laughs> that he has worked with the best, well, I don't know if he's the best, but he's the most renowned dialect coach in Hollywood. Like I know for a fact yeah. he has worked with Tim well, Monick. Well, and maybe that's like, post 2000. Tim Monick can't get him to a particular place. Like, you know, right. oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Uh, let's move on to Vince Larkin. Uh, the what a name was he the u.s marshal i already forget what yes. his great u.s marshal vince larkin uh amy joe what do you think of john cusack and if you had to cast someone else who would you cast uh, john cusack just i don't love john cusack i feel like always replace john cusack with joan cusack i was gonna say i was like i never want to see john cusack no. i want to see joan, joan cusack. cusack i'm always thrilled to see john cusack i'm like oh you're here <laughs> um that aside he is so slick which feels not like exactly what is necessary for this part. Do you know what I mean? I do, because so much of the character, I can see... It's one thing if he... Because he's probably the one with the biggest arc over the course of the film. Is he? I said probably. I don't think he is. But he starts like, you know, I'm this guy, I'm like organizing all this stuff, and then he's like, oh no, I'm on a motorcycle taking down a plane! Like... Well, if well, I mean his his he introduction seems like a real pencil pusher that then I get, becomes I mean an his introduction star. is him with like these socks and sandals that he's still wearing at the end of this movie, which are truly dreadful, and and a awful tan suit that he is swimming in that is like three sizes too big. But uh, I get what you're saying. I feel like he needs to then be more well, kind of like Cage in the Rock. He needs to be more of like a nerdy type. Yeah. Um. To then like oh now I'm an action hero because instead of the his whole thing seems to be like I I know what's best and like so which is why he butts heads with Cole Meany, who's yeah. just like such a ham fisted uh uh yeah D- my, my DA first agent. thought when we were watching this last night yeah was if this were being made nowadays or even a few years ago like the the person that most sprang to mind as like someone who could convey that slickness in a way that still seems like cohesive with the whole character would be raul esparza interesting yeah yeah yeah. because to me he's got that kind of fast talking kind of thing where you're like do i like you or am i irritated by you in a way that's like kind of appropriate for this character? yeah he's a little he's a little too smart for his own good yeah, I mean, that's which, why he's getting like knocked down a peg by comedian or what have you in terms of and i just think raul esparza is a more interesting actor than than john cusack in that yeah. way so i like he was the first person that sprang to mind because i could just so clearly see him stepping into the role and yeah. i don't know and making it <sighs> I just don't like John Cusack in this at all. I will quickly interject that uh, John Cusack allegedly dislikes this film so much that he refuses to be interviewed about it. Like, if you will try to interview him and ask him about Con Air, he will shut that down immediately. Because he hated, hated making this movie so much, which I think you can see on screen. Yeah, that probably actually plays into some of it. Now, someone who's another person that I have across multiple um, Mm -hmm. 
options, like m- multiple characters, because he's just weird enough to fit into, not just, he's very strange in a great way, but um, to fit into a number of different cat- categories is Adam Driver. Like, oh, fantastic casting. I could fantastic. 100% see him doing present this. Present day, present day Vince Larkin, present day, Adam Driver. I would, I would buy it as also like he's someone that you're like, because and uh, the thing I think Adam Driver does very well is play someone you're like, I'm very irritated by you, but I also understand mm-hmm. that you know what you're doing. You know? I mean, I could also see him as, as Cameron Poe. I ha- well, I have him. Yeah, that's true. I have him as as Cyrus because, of mm. course, like John Malkovich, he he did he win the Tony for Burn This? Uh, Adam Driver did not win the Tony, but for he was Burn. nominated so, uh, yes. for Burn This, which of course is a John role Malkovich, like, originated by John scene. Malkovich. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. For those who so don't know that, the theater, I have him there, and I also <laughs> I also have him as a potential Garland Green. <laughs> sure, <laughs> because sure. like you need someone who is like I will lean right. into my character actor weirdness. Exactly. Just watch me. Yeah, we didn't get into um, it. Garland Green is Steve Buscemi, who's like this. The, the scariest, like, serial killer who winds up, like, they getting bored on the plane and everyone's scared of him. Like he's Hannibal like, Lecter. They do. He's got the mask yeah. over his face. And maybe he was just social distancing with this little <laughs> mask that he's wearing. No? No. Okay. I don't think so. I think they were like, don't eat me, Garland Green. Um, what is that line that he has? Like, I wore her head as a hat. Yeah, it's like, I, I, whatever. It's like, I drove across, like, four state lines wearing her head as a hat. He, he has so many random interjections. He has no impact Purpose. on the plot whatsoever you could easily take him out of the movie and nothing not a thing changes other than the runtime which other would than be the runtime i'm sure would be yeah um but back to vince larkin back to vince larkin um everyone else that i have on this list is a woman hmm. um i think because the cole meany who does a great job playing this like Real, real hard ass like yeah. real like i know what i'm doing and like uh, you don't throw I'm my weight around you. Yeah. you know he I, drives a flashy car with a license plate that says ass kicker as like as azz kicker. but like so there's no real reason for him to butt heads with john cusack other than like you're not doing explicitly what i tell you whereas if or it's put, like, or it's an age thing it's like you're like the young hot shot but it's sure, still like it doesn't track it doesn't do anything for the film totally so i think like however if it's a woman mm-hmm, yeah. like that character number one there's so few female characters in this film, which like yeah. makes makes a certain amount of sense when typically prisons are, are organized by right. gender. Sure. Yeah, we really but, only have his Cage's wife, Monica Potter, and then this uh, uh, one prison guard on the who's plane, on the plane, Rachel uh, Tacoden. I think her name is. We'll we'll get to we'll talk about her later though. But yes, continue. But I feel like the Cole Meany character is someone who clearly hates women i just know he does you can tell so i i feel like if you have then yeah a, a woman in this part it just adds a layer of friction that makes it make a little more sense and makes it so much more interesting well and then also then you get to have like a woman out there like yeah. kicking ass Which you know and in charge of things and yeah. and again if if john cusack is like i know everything i'm annoyed by him but if it's a woman who's like i know everything and people aren't listening to her it's like yeah yes that tracks totally. so i'm more interested in it so i have a bunch of different who do you thoughts got? who do you got um i have just because i was thinking about like 90s actors and i was like oh vanessa williams i oh, would like sure. watch that i buy her as that i have um i have francis mcdormand as oh, well yeah because this is like i think the year after fargo which, which is like course, her... did you play a cop in fargo yeah, of course. like so oh yeah i mean oh sure. oh sure she's also so no nonsense yeah you know and and there's something about that that's like oh yeah she's yeah, someone that have will to be take to... you down a peg. absolutely i have like angela bassett Love uh it. i have if this were modern day like a j-lo kind of thing like Sure. Get her out of those rom coms and even let her play in, no, some... even in ninety seven because like ninety eight is out of sight, which is her as um, 
I forget if she's like an FBI agent or or a cop or exactly her deal, but she's like a law enforcement type who's like oh. chasing down George Clooney, and she's she's fantastic and out of sight. Um, I the the other guy that I think would be really interesting, especially someone who you're like, oh, you're kind of like the the paper pusher who who knows best, but you don't have any field experience. Would be I would have loved to have seen Jeffrey Wright. I think would have oh, been so yeah. good. Sign um, me up. And in in terms of uh of women, I would love to have seen uh young Viola Davis. Yeah. Because I was thinking John Cusack has that scene early on where he's going through all the prisoners and he's like, This is Billy Bedlam, he murdered his wife. This is Diamond Dog, he did this. And Viola Davis has an almost identical monologue in uh the awful Suicide Squad, which she is the best thing in. Mm. And it's a very similar character where she's like this no-nonsense, like I'm in charge of all these criminals and like these are these are my these are my this is my suicide squad and mm-hmm. this it could be like this is my plane. Um so like a young Viola Davis or Sandra O. Oh, uh Ooh, thinking yes, of her and killing Eve of someone yes. who's like I, I know I'm the behind the scenes person and like uh oh now I gotta get on a motorcycle and shoot a gun and, and I want that, to see that. Isn't that more interesting than so I somehow know how to do all of these things? So much more. Well, uh let's see if you found the people who were considered interesting right off the bat. Uh Robert Downey Jr. was considered. I can see it. Sure. Uh, sure. I, I mean, like in terms him more of, than John Cusack well, for sure. Of course. In terms of the, like the slick like you're too, you're like totally. a young slickster. I see it. I buy it. Uh, unfortunately, this was like not the best time for Robert no, Downey Jr. So no, he, the late nineties, no. In in August '96, he was remanded to a secure drug rehabilitation center. And like the movies that he did make that came out in '97, he was like either having to take drug tests every day yeah. or was kind of a liability. Um. And oh, oh, hold on. That sound means it is time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. <laughs> The way it works. Two of the following actors were up for the role of Vince Larkin. One was not and is a lie. Two truths and one lie. Two truths and some guy. Do you get it? They get it. Amy Joe has to guess which is which. So your options are Matthew Broderick, Michael J. Fox, and Charlie Sheen. Wow. Just a real child stars of the 80s. Yeah, I guess you're right. Wow. I'm going to go with the lie is Matthew Broderick. That is incorrect. Oh, man. Do you want to go double for nothing? Michael J. Fox. That is correct. Michael J. Fox was not considered, uh, but I think he kind of t- plays Charlie into our- Charlie Sheen is more at least in line with as he got old, even when he was younger, was yeah. a bit more, you know, I mean, imagine if it's like him and Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> I just buy there's a bit with more Ma- of a- With Martin Sheen as Cyrus? Oh yeah, make it a family affair. A family affair. I just buy, he has more of a, well, as we've seen, has more of a streak of like, uh, there's a darker streak there. Sure. Sure. I think the problem is that like, I still can't tell you anything like the characterization of Vince Larkin because it's such a poorly written, pl- thought out Correct. character. So in terms of like what the best actor for it, it's hard to say because I cannot tell you what this character is. Well, but if you have Matthew Broderick, is. if you have Matthew Broderick, it's just like he has oh, that no, voice. Oh no, by play. Then you're really having to play that arc, which they, again, yeah. allude to more than actually execute. Oh, no. Cameron Poe, I have a feeling that you're one of the good guys. <laughs> Could you help me out? Please be me, Matthew Broderick. Exactly. And yes, and Charlie Sheen was considered. I mean, Matthew Broderick, like, he he did Godzilla the next year, which is, like, the closest right. he's done to, like, an action movie. Skipped it. But that's still, it. he's just running away from Godzilla. He's not, like, carrying guns, riding motorcycles, which is a weird, weird, like, weird Look, version of Matthew Broderick. Look, give me Broderick. a minute. I'm going to go on to Broadway and, <laughs> and then make this the only thing I do going forward. I want to be a U.S. Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just state he's very good at what he does. 
but he has not made a strong effort to diversify that portfolio. Yeah, to really years. stretch that range. No, and you know what? If you don't have to, then I guess, you know. Why? Why bother? Why bother? Uh, moving on to uh, the final character that we've got uh, actors considered for is our villain, Cyrus the Virus. Amy Joe, thoughts on John Malkovich and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I mean, John Malkovich is a wonderful actor. Yes. And he also, one of the things that works for this role with him is he is someone who is unafraid to go there um i mean again like going back to adam driver and i don't like him adam driver and he both you know played pale in burn this on broadway a Mm -hmm. role that is notorious for like you have to be able to come up with some velocity yes he he storms in shouting at a guy he's in a fight with while high on cocaine uh and just like monologues it's such a great role it's great and um so so he's someone that I feel like brings that to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it works. <laughs> I will say John Malkovich was unhappy during production because the script was being rewritten every day. And he's from the theater, darling. He <laughs> wants to know what lines he's going to say so he can figure out how to play the character. You know what script wasn't being rewritten every day? Death of a Salesman with <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> they weren't rewriting True West at Steppenwolf. Oh, <laughs> the theater... The theater. Who even wrote this? Who are you? Scott Rosenberg. You're not Arthur Miller. What was it that we were saying? Oh, that's right. When they're doing... <laughs> Last night we're watching the movie and they're doing the intros. Yeah. of Like all the... Like they're doing like VO talking about like all the different like uh, prisoners that are coming on board. And they're like, this one's done everything. Kidnapping, murder, extortion. <laughs> and they're introducing John Malgrich. And I turned to Jeff and went, Shakespeare. <laughs> goes arthur miller <laughs> we start naming all of shepherd miller oh boy <laughs> repertory theater, repertory theater. Uh, <laughs> anyway um so i mean i think like he's fine but like it's it's, it's a, not a, wait, it's, it's not even that it's not a great fit it's just that like all of his so much of his lines it just sounds like oh what a random crazy psycho yeah as opposed to like this is a person who has a particular point of view right and wants to accomplish things for a reason and that's not john malkovich's fault right um but that's a great name cyrus cyrus the virus, the virus. i oh. will i am sad to admit this but like i have my little notebook of like when we're watching the movies i'll jot down like oh, oh mm-hmm. i think and for i would say the first two-thirds of the film the only thing i had down under cyrus the virus was covid19 oh, uh brother because it's just like i can't think of anything else oh, man the virus um and i don't think covid19 is adaptable enough to play this kind of part to be honest i don't think so um covid19 hasn't done miller covid19 hasn't done true west covid19 hasn't put in the time you know you've got to put in your years you've got to tread the boards and COVID-19 i can't believe i lost a role to covid19 <laughs> So, thinking of other people to play this, because I was then thinking, like, okay, how much more interesting is it if we have a black man in the Cameron Poe role? Like, what story does that tell? Sure. I was really thinking about, well, what does that then tell if we have a person of color or a black man as Cyrus? Right, because we've not really gotten into them, but your supporting cast, you've got Ving Rhames, Danny Trejo, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle. You've got, like, a more diverse supporting cast, but you're... Your lead villain, 
which on the one hand, it's like, do we need one more villain to be a, pr- a prisoner to be a person of color? Absolutely. But when it's the like the smartest guy in the room, the villain with the overall plan who everyone else is following, it's a little weird when it's this this white guy. White guy. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think like it it just shifts things. Now now going back to the Steve Buscemi character, like that yeah. to me makes a hundred percent sense that that should be a white guy, sure. like a serial killer who is a pedophile that preys on little girls. Like so many of the people that we see that yeah. have come to light that are this type of person are white dude and unfortunately so, to steve they look like steve buscemi they look identical. and steve buscemi is a treasure of a human being he's a wonderful wonderful uh actor and human being as he's volunteer firefighter let's let's be forget but what a creep he looks like well you know yeah well. you know but i mean like it's also like why he he works a lot is yeah. because he's like i am going to lean totally. into like the, the all the weird things i can oh, do speaking of fargo he's great in fargo speaking of fargo um, so I, I don't know. I have different thoughts for Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Um, one thought that I had was actually like, instead of playing pinball, what if Dave Chappelle was playing Cyrus the virus? Like Dave Chappelle's a very charismatic performer. Now I know he's more of a comedian than an actor, yeah. but I thought he was like really solid as pinball. Like yeah. I would, I, I'm just saying I would be interested in seeing him as Cyrus. I believe have, him as someone who's like got a lot of plans and sure. like can command. For, for me, it comes down to more of the, uh, the comedian where you're like see, having the comedian play a villain, someone who's known primarily as That's a comedian. That's true. That what which, the audience is bringing right, to the interaction. Right. Thinking of like, I had mentioned uh, uh, Robin Williams when we were in the Beetlejuice episode about being like, oh, I'm not used to him. And then forgetting of him in one hour photo and insomnia where you're purposely playing against type, but that can also go the wrong way. Like this, this movie that just came out, Becky, which is like Home Alone, if it was not like Nazi, uh, uh, like white power Nazi criminals led by Kevin James as like a bald headed, oh. bearded. And it's like, oh, no, yeah, I don't. Because, because I don't of the that. relationship that we as the audience are bringing to this interaction. With Kevin James. And that's I how totally I kind of feel with Dave that. Chappelle. But if you were to upgrade someone already in the cast, why not have Ving Rhames as Cyrus? Ving Rhames is fantastic. He's so, and he's so good in this movie. He's, he's very got charismatic. nothing to do. Mission Impossible was the year before. So he's like, you know, and he's great in Pulp Fiction. So he's like a big enough name that he should he should be I totally, helping headline the movie. I totally agree. He'd be wonderful. I also have Wesley, Wesley Snipes on here. Oh, yeah. Um, let me see. I have, for a more contemporary take, now this is important because this is someone who's a very, very prominent 90s actor, but who I feel like is a very different performer in the 90s than he is today. Okay. And that would be a Leo DiCaprio situation. 90s Leo DiCaprio, yeah, no, no, no. absolutely not. The year but of today, Titanic, I think. Can you <laughs> floppy, floppy-haired Cyrus yeah. the Virus. Why do we talk about Leo DiCaprio so much in this podcast? I don't know. It's just what's happening. Well, he's also considered for... But, um, but like, a contemporary Leo, I kind of buy that he's, like... I he's, mean, the one villain... Unhinged, you know? I, I, I guess two villains. I was going to say the one villain I've seen him do is in Django Chain, which I just find him so hammy. But the other, I guess, he's pl- of Man in the Iron Mask, which is also so hammy. I just don't... <gasps> I just can't with Leo as a villain. It's... I guess I don't. But here's here's the thing. This is also coming from me as someone who plays a lot of villains. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to think of it as a villain. You know, okay. like that's. I think that, that's my pro- that's my thing. Leonardo DiCaprio thinks of his villains as villains. Got it. So he's like, I, I'm twirling my mustache as my as, as the opposed villain. to like seeing him as just like this happens to be an antagonist, yeah. which is different. Yeah. Like I'd I'd be interested maybe in that as like a more complicated. I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, but I'm thinking Wolf of Wall Street type kind of character. <laughs> Jordan Belfort goes to prison and is transported on a plane with a bunch of or super even violent like comics. his darker moments in Inception. Sure, this yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. Thing. I, I, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. The other person that I would have thought would have been great uh, in terms of who's going to 
everyone in the room is going to listen to this guy, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of you also want, I, I mean, I guess not necessarily because you can have, I was going to say you want like the more, the calming presence where you've got all these like quote unquote maniac types running around and you need the guy that who they're going to listen to is the one that's like, I'm crazy, but I'm also the one that has this plan opposed to someone who's like, I'm completely Total loose wackadoo. Cannon. Yeah. Loose cannon. You need someone that's a little, that's in. Yeah. I don't think of Cyrus as a loose cannon, but he's right. definitely someone who's very, he, he's still a live wire. Wow, totally. just using metaphors that I, I or beyond my scope. I'm not an engineer. You better not get, let that live wire get near the fuse for that loose cannon. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> All right, let's get into it with the actors considered for Cyrus the Virus because we got a lot. So let's, the first choice for the role. Oh boy. Gary Oldman. I see it. I understand. Yeah, but of sure. course, of course, in 1997, he could do Con Air because he was doing the classier plane movie, Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> the classier plane. That should have been the tagline. Air Force One. Uh, the classier plane movie. And Con Air would have been like, the plane movie that rocks. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't your This ain't your dad's plane movie. Yes, it is. Though. No, no. This is your like middle school friends plane movie. Okay. Um... Uh, and he, he also had the fifth element also with, with Bruce Willis ah. that I, oh man, 10 year old Jeff fifth element was the, uh, the greatest movie ever made. If I've seen all of it, but I have heard that opera singer thing truly a jillion times. Oh, sure. Times. Sure. Uh, oh, and speaking of, along with being considered for Cameron Poe, uh, Bruce Willis was considered for Cyrus, which no, boring, I'm not boring, don't want him as a villain. No. Uh, you know who I would want though? Willem Dafoe. Oh, now that is also someone who has that live wire yeah. kind of situation. Ah, Spider-Man. Ah, Spider-Man. Gonna Spider-Man. I'm gonna crash my Con Air plane into Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and, and this would have been a much better choice because as bad as, as dumb as this movie is, Willem Dafoe instead was the villain in 1997's Speed 2 Cruise Control, Yikes. which is a woof of a film. Uh, Mickey Rourke was considered... Oh. And during his audition, he improvised by producing a razor-sharp Bowie knife. Both terrifying and impressing, director Simon West. Though suitably impressed, they decided to cast Malkovich instead, uh, which is... I think probably a solid move. Mm -hmm. Look, Mickey Rourke, great in The Wrestler. Um, and great in his younger roles too he's, and, he's fantastic absolutely but like that's I don't know Mickey Rourke I've never <laughs> yeah. met the gentleman well, but yeah. I, I, mean, I now, have a feeling difficult John, difficult yes I have a feeling John Malkovich is someone who it's like he's gonna show up to set unarmed <laughs> probably <laughs> my guess I'm only armed with my classically trained <laughs> acting I'm only armed with my distinctive voice that I've worked very hard to hone in the Chicago area theater I'm armed with a classic repertoire <laughs> Um, although this would have been better for Mickey Rourke because in 97 he was also in double team with Van Damme and Dennis Rodman and he was in what a lazy title he was in the sequel to Nine and a Half Weeks called Another Nine and a Half Weeks yikes which if you're a comedy you can sometimes be like it's another stakeout but you can't if you're like a, a serious like um like sexy drama just be like it's another I remember when and I never saw this film because and thanks okay. but when i i think it was in high school when i know what you did last summer came out oh, oh I, and, and they, i still they announced they were gonna do a sequel but didn't have yeah. the title and i remember talking with friends were like it's gonna be i still know what you did last summer and then it was it and we were like was. oh I'm, I'm so excited to uh, uh blow your mind right now because they made a third movie another yes. sequel to i know what you did last summer that uh stars none of the people that were in those first two is i'm pretty sure straight to dvd but it's called I'll always yes, know what you I did last summer. That. But how do they if they weren't there is my question. You know what? We'll never know. 
The world may never know. Moving on, Alec Baldwin was considered for Cyrus the Virus. Uh... <laughs> he's at least, he's somewhat... He's very charismatic and good at acting. Would I want him in this movie at all? I feel like he's more of the, the John Col- Cusack type. I was going to say the Colmini oh, type. you're so ring-a-ding-ding. That's exactly now, right. And now, like a little older. It's hard older. for me to like separate yeah. 90s Baldwin. He's so impressed upon my mind as this like, uh, you know, I, a friend of mine did a commercial with him and he said to them, uh, like, Uh-oh. I think they said like, hello. And he was like, basically said like, don't screw up your lines because I don't want to do like Ugh. any more takes than I have to, but but like in a way that was more succinct and kind of like hey, scary than that. Hey, my my, che- my cheeseburger is getting cold over there. Essentially, like don't screw it up because don't screw it's it up. Just like man. wow, that's a real way to ensure everyone has Yikes. a solid working Yikes. experience. Woof, 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 woof. Another anyway, uh, difficult. I, I think Cole Meany, that's the way to go. Yeah, he. I could see him in that role, uh, and he has played many types like that. He's kind of similar in the depart the departed. The departed. Um, George Clooney was consider no. for cyrus and that's and george clooney i can't see as a villain i don't think i've ever seen him as a villain he's like a criminal in from dusk till dawn but not an out and out he's not the he's villain. more he's of always... a cameron poe type insofar as like guess, also yeah. what i mean i wouldn't want to see it no. but insofar as like also what certain actors will do for their brand and will refuse to mm-hmm. do for their brand i can't see him being like oh you know what i want to do is play this guy right and instead of course 97 him and schwarzenegger starring in batman and robin of course yikes well it's, it's, yikes. what a gift to us all yeah robert de niro was considered I agree. And also, this is a really good year for De Niro. He was in Copland, Jackie Brown, and Wag the Dog. And oh, right. Copland, I think, is a solid, if unspectacular movie. But Jackie Brown and Wag the Dog are both really, really good films. So that was a good year for De Niro. And I'm just, Cyrus, this is boring. He doesn't need boring. this movie. And... No, 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 no. no. Michael Douglas was considered, which is... That's weird to me. It is. I can see it. He at least, like... He, I, I can at least sort of see it. I can make an imaginative leap to it, but I'm yeah. still like, I can still see why this is not where we wound up. Because he does play like if villains. I mean, Wall Street, I guess he is like the villain of. I'm trying to think of him well, like playing falling like down, down, you know? Sure. I mean, sure. like, obviously we like sympathize with this character, but right. it's also like a. Ooh. It's it's him as like the a criminal mastermind, which is a little like, not that he's, he, you buy the intelligence of him, but it, I don't know. It's a weird, yeah. it's weird casting. I think no. Uh, James Gandolfini was considered, um, which is interesting because he was like, Sopranos wasn't until 99. And he, but he's like a character, supporting character actor in stuff I mean, like Get Shorty and True Romance. It completely changes the kind of, I mean, because John Malkovich and, and, and James Gandolfini are very different types, obviously. Yeah. But like, I could see that working. Obviously, like we've also seen him now play a crime boss for many years. So I feel oh. like that's an easier mental leap at this point. Absolutely. Make. It's just that I think that it's like, if you have no previous uh, uh, familiarity with him, sometimes that really helps your movie. And sometimes it's like, well, we just saw, you know, Ving Rhames in the last last year in Mission Impossible. We, and Pulp Fiction, we saw Danny Trejo in this. And like, why are they taking orders from this guy? We don't but know. he so effortlessly brings that Italian mobster to it that I buy that this guy has mob connects. That that's like, different. A mo- like a mobster leading the thing is different than an insane Cyrus the Virus sure, where, think, oh, they, they just, asked me in my psychologist exam if I was crazy and like, I am. But I think it just shifts it. Also, if they're rewriting on the daily, then they're going to be <laughs> giving what? rewrites that's that, a good point. that bring something that's more like what he's going to be able to do. Yeah. But I buy that more than any of the other people so far, True. I think. Um, I like this option, Ed Harris. Yeah, Who absolutely. had just played the villain in The Rock the year before with Cage and is, who's great. Who's great He's wonderful. He's, he's also much more of a Malkovich type. Yeah. So I can see that? how that would be an easier kind of swap. Yeah. 
Not just because of the bald heads. No, but <laughs> no, the acting. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, Rutger Hauer was considered. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's, he's the villain name. in the first Blade Runner movie. And he's- Is he the one in that passed awful away recently, Blind Fury? Uh, oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, Rutger Hauer is the lead v, of Blind v Fury, familiar. which is about a Vietnam vet who is blinded and then learns karate. Uh, and it's one of the greatest films ever made. Yes. It is incredible. It is shocking. It is so silly. Um, sure. Instead, then. in 1997, Rutger Hauer was doing a TV movie version of The Call of the Wild. And this movie called Blast, which this synopsis terrorists are holding the u.s olympic swim team hostage and only a janitor can stop them as as far as your die hard in a blank movies go that is like we are really stretching we have it's like a mad libs action film that is exactly what that's um, a fill in the blank uh, richard dreyfus was considered for cyrus the virus i can see it if only energetically but I can I can see it. I would buy it. I can't see that. I can see him in the role, he, the villainous role he did play in 1997. That scoundrel criminal Fagin in the Disney TV film of Oliver Twist with Elijah Wood. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, and he also was the narrator for the Call of the Wild TV movie that Rucker Howard was in. Oh my gosh, you saying Elijah Wood just reminded me that I did not read all of my Garland Green possibilities. I was like, oh, you could go with a lot of the like uh the the way that like Zach Efron just played Ted Bundy. I yeah. was like, you could easily also take like a sweet-faced looking boy and make him into this horrible person. I was like, oh, like, Elijah Wood. Well, it's <laughs> funny you say that because yeah. he plays a similar role in um, Sin City. He's like this mute, like, psychopath. Elijah Wood? Yes. Kevin, who's just like this m- murderous cannibal. <laughs> of course. Kevin! You ate him! <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> what did you do to my room? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had several oh, friends brother. over. Uh, Michael Keaton. That's more, that makes that's, more sense. That's someone that's that you're someone like, I believe is you, unhinged. you've got that unhinged energy, but you've also, you've got it together just enough that you can lead a I bunch of criminals. I believe that you as an actor, again, are coming in unarmed. Jack Nicholson was considered. Yeah, that, again, and that's same like, thing. to me, that like upends the movie. Like he's too, almost too big of a star. I agree. For it to be, because it's kind of, it's really an ensemble film. Like he, if it's him, it needs to be more, you need more of Cyrus the Virus, like, or less. It's kind of like a, a, a The Departed type thing. Like you need to weave through how mm. you have your mega villain very mm. carefully, so that you make sure you still know who who is the hero of this. That's film. a good point. That is an. I mean, that's a little you know uh, thinking of Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton with Batman, where Jack Nicholson has like top billing and is in the movie probably more than Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton doesn't show up. You forget he doesn't show up in that first Tim Burton Batman movie for like twenty minutes or something crazy. Uh, Tim Robbins, which all I could think of was, what if Andy Dufresne didn't escape Shawshank? Well, I think <laughs> this because... was his final chance. Yeah, right. Well, because when they start digging in the wall, they're like, "What's this?" That's true. That's what they finally, um, along with the note somehow legible on Dave Chappelle's exploded body, they know that, that something something's up because they're going through uh, uh, John Malkovich's cell, and they one of the walls is made of white powder that just like falls apart when you touch the wall. But it's very like very Shawshank. Sure. Sean Penn was considered for Cyrus. Sure, I see it. I see it. Sure. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Which, if you're keeping score at home, Tim Robbins, Sean Penn, Kevin Bacon, that's your cast of Mystic River. (laughs) And Kevin Bacon, it's like, I just don't, I don't like Kevin Bacon as villains. I just don't care for him. I don't have enough experience to tell you. But energetically, it's that kind of tightly wound thing that I think makes me go, I could see it. No, you're right. You're right. I could see it. It's uh, moving on. Ron Perlman 
was considered, which it's interesting because I don't think, I mean, he had like the Beauty and the Beast TV show and he's he's in Alien Resurrection. I don't even know that same I can tell you if I've seen him in anything. But you know who you do know? John Travolta. Which yeah. imagine, because this... I did, Air, he did cross my mind because of Face Off. Well, Con Air and Face Off were, of course, shot back to back. I forget which is which, but Cage left the set I of one. he left flew, the set of Face Off and went to Con Air. Flew to Con Air with just enough time for them to add those hair extensions and then started filming Con Air. Yay. Um, and John Travolta. I mean, that he certainly... <laughs> He certainly can chew the scenery. Yes, as we've seen. Oh, what's the Battlefield Earth Battlefield that we watched? Earth. That to uh, me lets broken me go. Arrow. He could do Cyrus the Virus. I don't know that he would do it in a way that would make it better than John Malkovich, but I could see Ma- him. Maybe uh, if he had those big fake monster hands that he wears in Battlefield oh, Earth. No, it was all so, so. I've tried to block it out. Um, I know. Those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on. We're going to do a quick segment of Trading Places. So if one of the actors almost cast in Con Air did land the role and it led to them subsequently trading careers with the actor who actually was cast, who would you most like to see? For example, if Mickey Rourke was cast as Cyrus and he and John Malkovich's careers switched, (laughs) it means we would have seen John Malkovich in The Wrestler and it would mean Charlie Kaufman's first film would have been Being Mickey Rourke. And I don't know which is more terrifying. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I will go first while Amy Jo thinks. Uh, and I would ha- I would have it be Johnny Depp as Cameron Poe, which would mean him and Cage would switch careers, which I would oh, want. Wow, wow, wow. Because it would mean that Johnny Depp would now be doing all of these, like, bargain basement, low budget thrillers that nobody is seeing. And I'd like that, that for me to where his career is living now. And it would mean that Nick Cage was uh, Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And I want to see Cage as a pirate uh, is very interesting to me. <laughs> it would also mean that Cage would then have been Grindelwald in those Fantastic Beasts movies. And that might be enough to have gotten me into the theaters to see that sequel. Because that first one, no good. She was a doll. She was so dull. But Nick Cage with like this frosted tips as like an evil wizard. I want to see it. Okay. So here's the deal. I really like John Malkovich and I don't wish harm to him or for anyone else to be in being John Malkovich. It's yes. Like, in, in case anyone at home is worried, we do not wish harm to John Malkovich. Gosh, no. Um, Protect now- John Malkovich. <laughs> sure. Now, Nicolas Cage, the problem with swapping a lot of people out with Nicolas Cage is I find Nicolas Cage too insufferable to want to watch a lot of films if it makes him more successful. And some people I'm like, oh, I don't wish Nicolas Cage's contemporary career and debt on you. So that leaves John Cusack, who again, uh-huh. I don't care. Um, so I was like, oh, it would be interesting to flip Matthew Broderick and John Cusack. That's just interesting uh-huh. to me. Yeah. I don't. Again, didn't I choose? Oh, I chose Sarah Jessica Parker for something else. <laughs> like, yes, with, with, and you, you switched Sarah Jessica Parker and went on a rider in Beetlejuice. Yes. Well, look, I, f- I forget that I did that uh, until this moment. But I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're both still working, you know? So it's, sure, it's sure. not, it, to me, it feels kind of like a more equal trade. But also, like, <laughs> that seems like banana. That seems John like Cusack and the producers, though. Yeah, well, you know, it's a well-written show, so I feel like uh, the show would do fine, even if he was not And then Matthew Broderick great. in the movie of uh, Bullets Over Broadway, which is like kind of, it's hey! a similar-ish, I mean, they're hey! similar-ish enough types. Which, which I wouldn't have thought until, like, doing this, but, I mean, I'm kind of like, all right, that works for me. That's fine, you know, sure. I love it. Uh, now, there are a few characters we didn't mention before, so I want to briefly touch on them. 
uh, we have already been discussing him a bit, but uh, Garland Green, played by Steve Buscemi. Uh, you had some other, did you have any other thoughts I've along told with Adam Driver? You told them all? Uh, well, I said like Elijah Wood, cool. oh, Elijah Zach Wood. Efron, yes. gotcha, like, gotcha, like gotcha. these kind of like, I'm a pretty boy. Someone a little more unassuming. It, my eyes have seen death. You you, know? Well, I mean, along with like, I feel like he was for a time, Elijah Wood's uh, uh, like contemporary-ish, like a Tobey Maguire like a very for sure just I, people who I can have see Elijah like, Wood more than Tobey Maguire yeah. but like that type but people who have like those big eyes that like yeah. them when you put weird words in their mouth it's like the the kids in The Shining or something like that where you're like I'm sure those kids are perfectly cute but in that context oh, the twins <laughs> yeah exactly okay. so, I, I don't know if you meant the main sorry no yeah. no, no no the twins come play with come play with that you put someone in the right context and it is like and I feel like Elijah Wood with those baby blues like you know sometimes it's Frodo you're like Frodo Get it together, man. Oh, you sure. Know? Once once that ring is really yes, and it's like getting him. Listen under its spell. It's my precious. <laughs> like I could see that working for Garland Green. Here are my thoughts on Garland. Tell Green. me, he already has no impact or purpose Cut it? on the film. No, better. They're bringing him in with this Hannibal Lecter mask. Just have it be Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> uh-huh. So I mean, because randomly in the movie, he'll just start piping up and. Both Nicolas Cage and Michael T. Williamson will each time it, it became like a running gag that they'll just like shoot their heads to the left to look at him like, huh? As he's like randomly pontificating about like define irony, a bunch of people like uh, singing Sweet Home Alabama, singing a song on a plane that's a, written by a group that died on a plane crash. And it's like, A, that's only irony in the Atlantis Morrison yeah, definition. What, I was like, what did you say? Um, you're like, yeah. It's like rain on your wedding day. It, it's right. like singing a song when a plane's gonna crash. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, but that's what I, I would love. It. It's just randomly. He still has no impact on the plot except for. Which we didn't mention, but the film technically ends with the one prisoner that they don't catch oh, is right. Steve Buscemi, who's now gambling in Las Vegas, sipping on a drink. And uh, that instead could be like Cage and John Cusack or whoever would preferably be in this being like, oh, no, like, where, where's Garland Green? And then John Cusack gets a call and it's like, I'm having an old friend for dinner. <laughs> oh, Ooh, I- Tony healed. No, well, I was going to say Jodie Foster in the Vince Larkin role. Oh, now we're now talking. Walking, but also Tony Heald as Garland Green. Oh, as Gar- oh as Garland Green. I would very I would opposite. Watch it. So, well, because Tony Heald, if you don't know, is uh, uh whatever the, he's like running. He's the guy that in he, Silence of the Lambs that runs. He runs the prison. The prison that the he's end. The he's the one that Anthony Hopkins like hates and is gonna like kill at the end of that movie. Um, but to imagine him as oh. You know what? But I he does totally a great Nicole Meany role as well. Yes, that's a very he plays a good antagonist. Yes, in yes, that yes, way. yes. He's very good in that. Yeah, law enforcement antagonist mm-hmm. type. Um, and I want to mention. Well, I briefly touched on. Uh, I want to. I want to mention Rachel Tacotin. I am not quite sure how to pronounce the last name. Who plays the guard, Sadly Bishop? Who's like the one female guard on the plane? Unfortunately, her entire story arc is that Danny Trejo wants, wants to, to rape, rape her. Is and, and but then it's like so you give you have one more reason for Cage. I gotta stay on the plane to get insulin from a buddy BBO and to make sure this guard isn't raped and murdered. But I you. Listeners, you can't hear how far back in my head I'm rolling my eyes. It's impressive and kind of scary. Ah. Okay, good. Now, now her eyes are back normal. <laughs> um, now, genre fans might know uh, Rachel Dakota best from Total Recall with Arnold. Uh, and Is that she's... the helicopter one? Go with the helicopter <laughs> at the end? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, get to the chopper? Get to the chopper. Yes! I... 
think that's uh, Predator. Is get to the chopper. This no. This total airtight. My knowledge. Total total recall <laughs> is get those people the air because it's on Mars and all these people are like getting suffocated or something. I feel like I haven't I've watched seen Total Recall in a while. Um, <laughs> the helicopter movie. We're this is a plane movie. I can't do your plane movie. I do too many helicopter movies. People will be confused. I already said get to the chopper. I can't say get to the plane. It doesn't have the same ring. Um. <laughs> In the same year as Con Air, in 1997, she also starred in a movie called Turbulence, starring oh, Ray Liotta no. and Lauren Holly. Here's the plot description of Turbulence. She shot both these both these movies, came out in the same year. After a shootout on a flight transporting prisoners, oh. a flight attendant must outwit a smooth-talking serial killer and land the plane herself. Now, there were a lot of movies, specifically in the 90s where you'd have two films with similar plots come out the same year, like Volcano and Dante's Peak or Deep Impact and Armageddon. The Wild Party or The Wild Party. <laughs> yes, in terms of Broadway musicals. Uh, but I don't think anyone else has ever starred in both the films with the same plot that get wow. released in the same year. Le- she must have shot Turbulence, which is like a much lower budgeted, like less yeah. starry thing. And then got Con Air and is like, and you know, you're like not going to be like, well, I'm not going to not take this film that you're going to take the blockbuster, both of those movies. even though you already did Turbulence. I mean, you can, but also you're like, oh, it's that Plain Girl. We don't want Plain no, Girl. She's she not plain John Malkovich, though. She's not at the level where she's like, mm, I don't want to. And do don't two you plain forget movies. it? No one is John <laughs> Malkovich. You, Rachel Dakotan, you did Turbulence. You didn't do True West with Gary Sinise in Chicago. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't. Although, Why would not? watch, would watch. Sure. <laughs> um, wow, wowie, wow, wow. Also, I'm just thinking about the physical experience of being on a set when that set is a plane. Now, the plane in Con Air actually looks pretty big. It does. Like, it probably wasn't a terribly claustrophobic set to yeah. be on. But if everyone was so miserable, maybe it won't. <laughs> um, but having not seen Turbulence, I can't speak to it. But can you imagine? Because she's mainly, like, chained up. Yeah. Most of the film, like, that cannot have been a... a a really cozy experience. No, no. You, you you don't think about those things often. And when I you do, think. well, when you do, it's like, you, you can't think of anything else. You're just like this poor actor where you're just like, your yeah. arms, it's not even that you're chained up. It's not like you're just chained to the wall. You're chained with your arms like hung up like head level. So that's Ugh. gonna kill after a bit. And you you know that she's like stuck up there for yeah. hours at a time. Which is also why they barely show her. Once she's handcuffed, they it's like the, tr- every 20 minutes they'll yeah. check in for Danny Trejo to be disgusting. And you'll be like, oh yeah, she's in this movie too. But you very rarely, thankfully, thankfully I will say thankfully, there's not a lot of wide shots where in the background you're seeing this poor actor He's handcuffed. He's had to sit there for like yeah. all the coverage. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, because I've got no good place for this. On doing research for this episode, I've started to craft a theory. And I want to see if you agree with me. Okay. Is Being John Malkovich a spiritual sequel to Con Air? Because you have John Cusack discovering the portal into the head of John Malkovich. Yes. Which Vince Larkin, trying to get into the mind of this criminal. To solve this crime. But it goes one layer deeper. Because in adaptation, Nicolas Cage is playing Charlie Kaufman, the writer of Being John Malkovich. So I think in the end of this movie, when the plane crashes, it actually, (laughs) it doesn't land, it crashes. Cameron Poe is dying and it is dying, dying breaths. Nick Cage is not imagining his baby daughter, but he's imagining if he was a screenwriter writing a movie with Vince Larkin going into the brain of Cyrus the Virus. I do want to talk about the one other 
a female actor, female How role. How could I forget? Yes, 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 yes. So this is Vince Larkin's assistant, who maybe has a name. I didn't catch it. Uh, they didn't throw it very hard. It's Ginny. Ginny. Ginny Weasley. Ginny Weasley. Um, I... Watching it, what did I write down? I want to. She has a very distinct. I said, should have much more of this Andro assistant. Yes, she's very interesting to look at. She looks a bit like Switch from the Matrix slash. She looks a kind of like young Connie Nielsen. Like there's like a lot of actors she looked like to me, which I was like, who is this? Who is this person? She's got that great like. It's it's actually more of like a kind of a an eighties haircut that kind of like super short like very blonde quaff. Yeah, exactly. Um, like kind of a, a slight Annie Lennox energy there. Yeah. Just, and I was like, wait, who are you? Why can't this be? Why does Vince Larkin have to go off and save the day in his baggy pants all by himself? <laughs> why can't we his have pants, her? His pants are like he's competing on Double Dare and he's got to catch a bunch of pies. <laughs> he is swimming, swimming in this beige suit. You could steal some hams. Just put them in the cargo <laughs> pa- pockets. Next to his ham hocks. Next to his ham some hocks. hams next to his ham hocks. No, it's like this is a major motion no. picture and he's a major movie star. They right. could have gotten close. They could have. That bit. But they didn't. But this actor who plays Ginny is Angela Featherstone, who has like, who is this person? Oh, wait, I know that name. I don't think you do. I don't? No. But her other big thing she did was the next year when she plays Linda in The Wedding Singer. She is the woman that leaves no. Adam Sandler at the altar when she's like uh, <laughs> what a transformation so different looking with that awesome like she's, feathered she's, I do know her hair. name because like well because like my family loved Loves the wedding, the wedding singer. singer so oh, like okay, I'm sure okay. I looked her up she's wonderful well, I apologize you did well, know well she really does go for an 80s look pretty much no matter what <laughs> That's but very great. different kind very different. of 80s looks no way I love that they should have given her more to do they should the whole time both this is the third time I've seen this movie and all three times I keep forgetting this character exists. But when I see her, I'm like, oh, well, what's she going to do? And then she disappears for about 45 minutes and comes back in at the end to be like, you did it, John Cusack. And you're like, all without me. Why can't we even have her like back at the base? Like doing like, like in a space movie where they're like, Houston, how's it going over there? And they're like, I'm monitoring all the signals, John Cusack. Cusack, we have a problem. (laughs) And it's called you. (laughs) And you're backy, baggy, double dare, (laughs) ham, hide and pants. (laughs) Okay. You're doing a little something special this episode. If you had to cast the three main characters of Con Air, Cameron Poe, Cyrus the Virus and Vince Larkin, but had to pull from the list of actors considered. So we can't do our fantasy casting. We can't do any of the three actors that actually were cast. Who would you cast? So my actual good version would be Kurt Russell as Cameron Poe teaming up with Robert Downey Jr.'s Vince Larkin to take down Willem Dafoe's Cyrus the Virus. But the version I would pay the most money to see (laughs) is Arnold Schwarzenegger as Cameron Poe teaming up with Matthew Broderick's Vince Larkin (laughs) to take down Richard Dreyfuss's Cyrus the Virus. Because when would we ever get to see a film like that again? Come on, Vince. Come on. Catch up to me on the motorcycle. Oh, no. There's no... I have ridden one of these before. In that case, I would instead of two little motorcycles, I would want them to be on the same with, with Matthew Broderick. Car. No, 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 Matthew Broderick. Just let me just wrap my arms around your big Austrian trunk. No, no, I really still think now Matthew Broderick could be in a, a little sidecar. Side <laughs> I love it. Okay, uh, so I guess I have a. You could say it's a good version. We'll say it's a mediocre version and an outlandish version. So my mediocre to good version, I'm gonna go. Uh, because since one of my picks was on the considered list, I'm going to go with Keanu Reeves yeah. for Poe. I Love feel it. like, sure. Yeah. Um, 
with Charlie Sheen as Larkin. I think he does that slick okay. thing. Sure. I can yeah. sure. Uh, and then I really genuinely would like to see Michael Keaton as Cyrus the Virus. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Would watch. Love it. Now, for a bad version, and by bad, I mean, I don't know what this movie would be, but possibly worse than the one that we watched. <clears throat> and that would be Brad Pitt as Cameron Poe. Mm. Again, a totally fine actor. Didn't he get an Oscar recently? Just did for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great. Good for him. You know, you stick around long enough, people throw things at you, I guess. Um, and then uh, for <laughs> for Vince Larkin, I also went with Matthew Broderick. Because it. it's Great. sweet thing, funny to me. And then for Cyrus the Virus. And this does appeal to my love of camp, John Travolta. Um, because, you know, he knows how to ham up a situation. And honestly, I respect that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there we go. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Finally, I want to end on this quote from director Simon West, who said in a 2014 interview that he would do a sequel. Quote, if it was completely turned on its head, Con Air in space, for example. Why would they be in space? Hold on. A studio version where they're all robots. Or the convicts are reanimated as super convicts. Or where the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys. Something shocking. If it was clever writing, it could work. End quote. Um, You could say that (laughs) about literally anything but specifically if it was clever writing sure. uh but good guys bad guys bad guys good guys would this movie work better with john malkovich as cameron poe and nick cage as cyrus the virus yes <laughs> yes i have to see my baby daughter well he put at least the bunny like, back in the box john malkovich is also someone who's a good enough actor and again he's got the training he's not gonna do an accent on camera that no, he doesn't course. know how to do <laughs> you're, you're, you know what he's you're gonna be like wrong. i can't do that so i'm not gonna <laughs> humiliate myself on celluloid for all eternity excellent point thank you so amy joe yeah what are you recommending this week well i wanted to spotlight an organization called beam it stands for black emotional and mental health collective uh you can find them at www.beam.community that's beam spelled b-e-a-m uh they sound like a pretty great organization so if you want to go check them out and shoot them a little financial love that would be excellent love it jeff hey michelle what are you recommending this week? I'm so glad you asked. I'm recommending the documentary Major, which M-A-J-O-R exclamation point. Yeah. Uh, which I learned about because of you and we watched last week and it's fantastic and I want more people to know about because it kind of slipped through the cracks uh, when it came out, what, five years ago? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Uh, so it's a documentary about the life and campaigns of Miss Major Griffin Gracie, who is this incredible black transgender activist who's been fighting for the rights of trans women of color for over 40 years. Uh, and like she was a veteran of the Stonewall Rebellion, <laughs> survivor of Attica State Prison, uh, and is like an all around incredible human being. Uh, and once again, it's major M A J O R exclamation point. And it's streaming free on Prime. So, yeah, you know, check it out. I really can't recommend it strongly yeah. enough. I It's there's there's so few trans elders still mm. around because of AIDS and police brutality. It's yeah. the sadly shortened life expectancy of many trans women of color um but she's she's still here as she will let you know <laughs> and, and uh i mean she yeah she's still around and and fighting today and and yeah i, I really recommend everyone check it out it's great great so that's what we're recommending this week Da-da-da. do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Please let it be better than this one. (laughs)
<laughs> Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.